Hi, and welcome to AJ Beast One Sports. I'm Beast One. I'm AJ. And we got a, another good episode today, right? Mm-hmm. Like always. Pretty good. Well, we try Maybe to, a long we, one. We try to make them good. But um, So anyways, my first game I'm covering is my New York Giants versus the Carolina Panthers. I didn't, I didn't pick this game just because I'm a Giants fan because I feel like if I just always pick my teams and I feel biased, I'm wearing our hoodie right now. But after like our game yesterday, I want to talk about my team. So first things first, Sam Darnold. I think the experiment with him is not working because he threw 16 for 25. He had 111 yards, zero touchdowns, and one interception. And he, he got benched in either the third or the fourth quarter for P.J. Walker, who didn't do good on his own because he threw 3 of 14, only 33 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. And I hate to use this term because they're a professional team and I'll like never get to their level. But not just our game yesterday, but most of the games around the league, there was a lot of blowouts. So all these teams that got blew out, it made them look like they were a Pop Warner team that didn't know what they were doing. I don't know what it was with the NFL yesterday, but a lot of teams did not look good. And then for our side of the ball, Danny Dimes, he threw 33 pass completely pass attempts and he completed 23 of them he had one touchdown and 203 yards he even caught a ball for 16 yards which Dante Pettis threw on like a little trick play the catch is when he caught it he caught it with one hand and before he could even get like full possession of the ball he took the hit and still held on and obviously people are making the Odell comparisons because of the way he caught it only difference is he was wide open when he caught it and Odell was covered and it looked pretty sick in the fact that he caught it and everything. Slayton, he was reactivated. Shepard, like, you know, he and Shepard have had the hamstring issues. Slayton missed the last three games. He he came back yesterday. Slayton played last week. Or no. Slayton came back yesterday. Shepard played last week, but Shepard got put back on injured reserve because I guess his hammy started bothering him again. But Slayton came back. He had... Five catches for 63 yards. Yesterday was National Tight End Day. I want to just point that out. Um, Evan Ingram had six grabs for 44 yards. And then Dante Pettis had Daniel Jones' only like touchdown that he threw where he had 39 yards and five touchdowns from it. We played great as a team. I love the way that our defense looked. Our defense looked like it showed signs of our 15th ranked ranking that we had on defense last year i don't know if you remember that mm-hmm. when we were ranked 15th we looked like we were that defense all over again yesterday we were just having a field day against carolina carolina i i don't know what to say about that much like i missed their first drive but they they scored a field goal other than that field goal they did not they didn't do anything all game darnold like going into that game even fox when it was putting like the description for the game before it started it said darnold goes back to his haunt because we all know he was a new york jet and how bad he did when he was on the jets yesterday returning to metlife he's a panther now and he played like he was on the jets i the james bradbury picked him off but the only reason is because he was trying to make a play happen and he threw it against five defenders and of course we were gonna win that in a five on one i don't know why he threw it to blue jerseys apparently he forgot what color he's supposed to throw to but like i was just i was just happy to see my team look this good we won 25 to 3 but i do also want to point out the first half of that game we were up 5 to 3 so even the commentator said i didn't know we were watching a baseball game now because at first it looked like it was a baseball game with what the score was because that's like a score that you shouldn't be seeing but we got a field goal on offense in the first half and our other two points came because um 
when we had we pinned them at like the two yard line and then Darnold like when he was under pressure he tried to throw it but all it did was get batted down right into the end zone where he was already standing so it got they called him for intentional grounding which because of where they were on the field automatically counts as a safety so that's where our other two points came from but it was just a good game and I'm happy and now to transition the Chiefs on the other hand they got I guess you could say mud stomped by Tennessee yesterday in Tennessee and the way they played if we play the way we played yesterday and they play the way they played yesterday we play them on Monday night next week in Kansas City I think we have a fair chance at actually beating them so what are your takes about like our game and their game I know you didn't really watch our game but so what do you think um about? you know my take on it is because I know you the had a Giants lot. You had a lot, we so. I don't know what to expect from them um they're an up and down team they lose bad they play terrible but then they win a game here and there I would say a fair turn for us we're a scrappy team yeah I'd say that um you know you you um I feel like it's just dysfunction, I believe. I, I'll use the word dysfunction. Some games were there, some games were not. Um, there's some games you look like you could be a playoff team. Like yesterday. But then there's a team that you look like you're, you're just terrible. Um, Jones played great, but um, I feel like the Sam Donner experiment, like you said, is over. Um, if I'm if I'm the Panthers, you go and try and get Deshaun Watson, um, and you figure out what to do with Sam Donald because I think Watson gives you a better chance. I don't think Donald. So you think Donald isn't starting caliber anymore? He's worth. I I don't think so. Now. I think he's, he's an backup. average. I think he's an average quarterback. He's not. He's not good. He's he's he he's not. He's playing terrible. Um, I don't think he he'll be a good quarterback in the near future. He was looking good to start the year, but now he's just back to his old ways. So I'm now I'm thinking maybe it's not the Jets. It was maybe not fully the Jets' problem. Is Sam Donald was also an issue. Um, but if I'm the Giants, you know you got you got the Chiefs coming up. They they're not playing good. So I know you had a lot feel- to say about the Chiefs. I feel like th- this game was just it was there. Um, this was a, I guess you could say this was a good warm up for the true test now. Yeah, um, I I true I do b- believe that the Giants do. I need to see more from the Giants. Um, but right now these are two bad teams that faced up faced off against each other. But if I gotta say Jones catch though, like you said, was pretty pretty cool. It's pretty pretty good. Um, he caught the ball, then he took a hit and he got right back up. Um, a lot of people were saying they don't know why Joe Judge is having him do quarterback sneaks and that type of thing when he was just concussed a little over two weeks ago. But you can't just babysit the quarterback. They, they got to. I feel like the football. right now the Giants are just there, but they're 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 playing good. There's good. There's possessions where they're good. The possessions where they're not. And I think they got to be more consistent on if they're good or if they're bad. Because right now there's bad, then there's good, then there's bad, then there's good, then there's bad then there's good and then there's bad bad good good so i need to see more consistency from the giants but for me before we get into the chiefs game um my game was the Bengals ravens um the Bengals went into baltimore and tore the ravens up um it was the largest margin of victory for the Bengals 
against the Baltimore Ravens ever. Burrow completed 23 of 38 for 416 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. Burrow, in my eyes, that's his career high right now. Is right now could be a top 10 quarterback. He's right now on fire. You think he's in the MVP race right now? I wouldn't say the MVP race, but the Bengals are in playoff. Um, are are for real. They are playoff contenders. Jamar Chase had a career game, even though his season's phenomenal right now. He had eight receptions for 201 yards and one touchdown. Jamar Chase, in a, about a year or two, I think will be a top five wide receiver in the league. Yeah, I told you yesterday, people are trying to say he's going to have a better rookie year than Justin Jefferson had. 100%. The Bengals believe, I truly believe the Bengals will be in the playoffs this year. If the season ended today, they're already in the playoffs. The, they have the best record in the AFC right now. As a whole. Not just their division. So, not just your division. And it's not like they, like... They're competitive in every single game. They're, they beat a good team in Baltimore. We all know how good Baltimore is. They almost beat Green Bay. The Bengals are for real, and they're going to be for real for the coming future. CJ Uzma on National Tight End Day, three receptions, 91 yards. He's looking. Two touchdowns. And two touchdowns. He's becoming a big time tight end. So I really believe Zach Taylor and this Bengals offense is getting going, and they're going to be scary moving forward for the next couple of years. But my. I, they did have four sacks on Lamar, so gives me a little bit of security on, okay, the Bengals' defense is all right. It's pretty it's good. It's pretty good. Um, But I, I, I don't – I believe the Bengals' defense is pretty good, but I want to see more. But right now, if this Bengals team playing how they are right now, they might, they might be trouble when it comes to playoff time. And Joe Burrow, after injuring, getting injured, tearing his ACL in his rookie year, coming back like this – it, he's he's on fire. So I give the Bengals a lot of credit. I'm I'm happy for them. The team, the rest of the teams in the AFC better watch out. Better watch out because they went up to Baltimore and won 41 to 17, 42, 42 to 17. That's scary. Um, but for the Ravens side of it, I'm not changing my mind. Lamar's still good. 15 of 31, 257, one touchdown. He it it was really on his offensive line on why he was getting sacked. He didn't have time. He couldn't scramble because the Bengals' defense was just so good yesterday. Um, I I just think the Bengals are of, are for real, and they just got beat by the better team. Um, so you mean I the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens. Bengals are a better team. Yeah. But I feel like yesterday they just they they weren't prepared as much as they should have been. Um, but the Bengals, I think. Give them all the credit. They deserve that win, and they went up to Baltimore and shoved it down them. So, congrats to the Bengals. I mean, I, I said before, the, them getting Jamar Chase, I don't think, even though it probably had a lot to do with the fact that he and Burrow played together in college, which you can see it's clearly paying off in the pros. Exactly. But I feel that now they're showing that they didn't make a mistake not taking Penny Sewell Exactly. Last year. But they better, yeah, they, they, better still, keep, they still need offensive line help, but yeah. they're showing that they didn't need that one person right now. They better keep adding to that offensive line, but I I do think they made a pretty good choice on um taking Chase when Chase. he was available. Yeah, taking Chase, so that that's pretty good. Um, you were gonna cover. You had a whole thing about the Chiefs. You were gonna say. So all right, well let's go into the Chiefs and Titans game. Andy Reid right now is one one and eight against the Titans. That's the worst against any His team. His whole career, yeah, even with like Philadelphia and stuff. Yep, that's the worst team that he, that's the team that's really giving he him the struggles. most the most trouble. 
Mahomes though, he just keeps doing more and more and more, and he just—it's not helping. He's—he's he's trying to do too much. Yeah, he had, he went twenty of thirty-five, two hundred six yards, one touch, no, no touchdowns, first time. Here's the crazy part: one interception, which is on him, and two fumbles, which are on him as well. He's a turnover machine right now, and he's right turning into one. I don't right now. If I had to say, he's not a top ten quarterback. You said he's turned. He turned it over every game so far. Every game. Right now, he's not a top ten quarterback in my eyes. He's not. Um, top fifteen. Top fifteen, yeah, but not top ten because you can't give someone that's tied for the most turnovers in the league top ten. Yeah, he's he's talented, but the che- he ain't looking good recently. He ha- he can't beat the teams he, he you gotta beat to get to the Super Bowl. They're losing. It's not even they're like they're losing by a possession. They're losing by more than two possessions. So I think the Chiefs are, as a whole are in a hole, and they got to figure this out. Because right now, this team is not playoff caliber. And right, right now, the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is getting figured out, which is going to happen. The Chiefs right now are just getting decimated by better teams. And right now, the offense is not good. Defense is not and good. And I don't want to hear nothing about Dynasty. That, sh- that shit is over. You said there never was one. To be there clear. never was one. But this shit ain't. This shit is over. You're done. Ain't even close. One Patrick Mahomes, not even go. Take him out of it. He, the Chiefs are a below average team right now, and that's just uh. Um, and you were saying you don't true. think they're making the playoffs. I don't think they're making the playoffs. And here, here, I've always been critical on the Chiefs because I've I've said wait till the, he gets figured out. Once he gets figured out, is the true test we will see on how good Mahomes is right now. Right now, he ain't looking like. He, he is all that guy that got paid $500 million. I think the Chiefs paid him too early. Um, and that's their fault. And it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. So that's my take on the Chiefs and Titans. But for right on the Titans side, though, the ceiling is really high for Tennessee. Um, Tannehill played amazing. He hit his targets. Derrick Henry, passing touchdown, also ran for 80 yards. A.J. Brown... Looking like his old self. Eight receptions, 113 for a touchdown. What Julio do? He did all right. The Titans, I, they're they're for real. Their their ceiling is high. They they are contenders. But the Titans just ran the Chiefs over. And there's, I, I said there's a Bills, Ravens, and I'll put the Bengals in there, and Charlie and the Titans, Titans. and the nah. And the Titans. Those are the top teams in the AFC. And then you go down a little bit, a couple feet. You got the Chargers, Chiefs. Oh, I mean, not the Chiefs. Chargers, Raiders. Browns or something. And Browns. Then you go a little bit further. Then you got the Colts and you got the Chargers. I mean, in the Chiefs. So they're in the third tier in my eyes. Because this team right now needs help in the defense. Desperately. And Mahomes needs to stop going too much because he got cracked yesterday. And he's lucky he ain't seriously hurt. So that's my take on the game. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't talk about that injury. He got he sooner or later it's gonna come back and he's not gonna get lucky with a head injury and he's gonna be seriously hurt. And I think Reed needs to tell him you can't I can't have you be trying to look all flashy for the camera. Just throw the ball. Yeah, be smart he, with it. If you're smart with it, the Chiefs are winning the game. Could win the could win them games. But he's trying to do too much, trying to throw the ball. And look all cl- cool, and it's tur- and it's ruining them. So that's my take on the Kansas City Chiefs. That that pass he made when he got hurt, he should have just taken the sack. Then that hit wouldn't have happened. Exactly. But like you say, he's trying to do too much, too soon. 
they don't look like a playoff team right now. I don't. I. I mean, if they get to the off season and like they don't make the playoff, I don't know where to even start with what they got to do to fix their team. To be honest, I really don't know what they got to do to fix. I their think team. they got to fix their defense. Defense is an issue, and I think Mahomes is an issue also. You got to sit him down. You got to tell him, I can't have. So you're you. gonna bench him? No, no. <laughs> Shut up. You don't. You don't. You don't bench him. You sit him down in the in the office and you tell him, listen. You have talent, but you're costing the offense possessions because you're turning the ball over too much, and we can't keep having that. That's what's also helping us lose these games because the defense is terrible. But the defense isn't going to do its job. You're going to score against them. But if if you're going to keep giving the other offense put more time with the ball, you ain't coming back on that field. They were up triple digits or so. In the time of possession against the Chiefs. You yeah. ain't winning the game. They were down 24 nothing at the half. The, the You got to win the time of possession if you're going to win the game. And the the Chiefs were blown out in they the time of... They didn't score a touchdown yesterday. Exactly. They were blown out in the time of possession. So, I, this is just... The Chiefs are all over the place. They're figured out and they're just looking below average. Teams are starting to realize how they play. Exactly. Which you said you've been saying since the start. What's your take on it? Um, well, I didn't really get to catch the game, but like I just find it like pretty interesting that Derrick Henry averages a hundred yards per or a hundred yards a game rushing the ball, and yesterday he didn't even get to a hundred in order for them to win. He got eighty six, and he threw for a touchdown, which people were saying, oh, he should have given it to Tannehill because Tannehill was a receiver in college, and he want. Tannehill um, personally said that he wants to catch a touchdown in the pro le- on the pro level, and he was wide open when Henry threw it, but he wasn't even the intended receiver. So I'm like, the Titans, they're they're fine. They're probably this game was in Tennessee too, so I'm pretty sure if they play again, it's gonna be in Tennessee again, right? Wouldn't it be? They beat them at home. Well, they don't play against each other for the re- remainder of the regular season. Oh, they already played before. No, they don't play twice. They're not in the same division. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, tit- Titans definitely were the better team yesterday. I still think they had... They still had that AFC Championship loss that they had to the Chiefs in 2019 on their mind. And that, that like, gave them slight motivation to do it to them. Like, now when they see out how bad the team is becoming this season, they picked the right time to want to mud-stomp them. So, like... I mean, I'm surprised, though, because this also happens to be the largest deficit Mahomes has ever lost in his career. He's never lost by that many, let alone he's never... I think this is the first game since they've had him as a starter where they didn't score at least one touchdown. They only had the one field goal on whatever possession it was, and other than that, it was just a route. At that point, they were just playing for pride and just playing because you got to play. I would have said they probably could have did mercy rule, but that that's not a thing in sports. So... We're gonna add, we do the segment where it's the most intriguing story of the week for the NFL. My most intriguing thing is the Raiders. Rich Bisakia filling in for the whole Gruden issue. There he's two and zero as a head coach. Oh, he's and, already been the coach. <laughs> and the whole team looks like they're having fun. They're winning by a lot. And the whole team is just looking a lot better offensively and defensively with him being the head coach. 
I feel like if he keeps winning and they get into the playoffs, which I think they will, he might keep the job. Because it won't be interim anymore. It'll be no, actual. it'll be full time. Yeah. So I, I really like Rich Bisakia, and I think he has a bright future if he can keep this up. And I believe the Raiders are a scary team. I mean, yeah, they, they've been looking good all season, so I don't know why just because they lost two games people were starting to say, like, they're falling back down to earth or whatever. I could see yeah. if, if because of the interim head coach now, but even with the interim head coach, they're looking. They're not. Yeah, they look said, like they haven't missed a step. Yeah, you, you're saying that they. You're basically saying they look better now with the. Yeah, I, I truly believe the actual. I truly believe they're make. They're gonna be more dangerous if they make the playoffs with Rich Bisakia than with John Gruden. I truly believe it because they're looking like a better team now. Exactly. So. So now we have two things that we're doing for the NFL before we get off of it. Top t- ten. Running back? Well, I was going to cover my other game first. Oh, what's your other game? Last night. Oh, okay, yeah. So, um, the other game I was going to cover is the Indianapolis Colts Sunday night clash they had last night with the San Francisco 49ers. So, starting with the Indianapolis side of the football, Wentz had 150 yards and two touchdowns on 17 of 26 passing. Michael Pittman had 105 of his 150 with that one touchdown or one of those touchdowns, and he did it on four catches. They, they played a great game. And then Jimmy Garoppolo, this is where I was confused. So he, he had 181 yards. He threw 16 for 27, had one touchdown and two picks. But the thing I don't understand is this game, it was downpouring all game long, and people are trying to say that it's his fault the interceptions happened. In this type of a weather condition, you're going to have turnovers no matter what kind of throw you're making because that ball is slippery and wet and hard for – the players to catch so they're gonna drop some passes and it's gonna go in the air and other people are gonna catch it and whatever so it's not his fault the interceptions happen that's gonna happen especially in that type of weather condition and then Debo, Debo Samuel had seven touchdowns for a hundred yards seven catches for a hundred yards and one touchdown he was like the go-to guy last night because everyone else when they caught it they they weren't going off he was going off and then Brandon Ayuk had that one little thing where he was trying to get the punt, but then because the ball was wet, it bounced, and he kicked it towards the end zone. Then he had to get it in the end zone, and then he got tackled in the back of the end zone, but it was ruled a touchback and not a safety. So, of course, the fans were happy about that, but Colts fans probably wanted it to be a safety. And it was just it was hard the whole game because it's not like it downpoured for a little bit, then stopped, and then started again. It downpoured the whole game from start to finish so it was very hard for the teams to play in this weather and Colts ended up winning they they were only up by like two the Colts San Francisco ran down the field when the score was I remember this I didn't write it down but I remember watching it San Francisco was down 20 to 18 they went for two didn't get the conversion then the Colts went and scored on their next two possessions and after that, the game was done because there wasn't enough time for them to come back. But both teams look good. I don't think San Francisco should be holding their head here because they lost one game at home. And if I'm, I think the Colts just got off their bye week too, so that could be another reason why. I think. But what's like your take on this game and stuff? I want to ask you: Do you believe the Colts can turn their season around and maybe make a playoff push? How do you feel about Carson Wentz? I mean. I haven't seen much of the Wentz experiment so far to, like, really know, like, how it's going to turn out. But, I mean, last night he, he looked pretty good. I mean, 
he didn't have an interception, so that's always good when you don't have an interception, especially when people kind of are starting to associate you with being somebody to get one. Yeah. So, I mean, right now it's looking good. It, I'm not trying to make comparisons, but it's looking better than the Darnold experiment right now. So, what do you think? Without a doubt. Um, the weather played a huge factor, without a doubt, in that one. Um, it was hard to play in. So, the, like you said, the Niners shouldn't hold their heads up. But um, the Colts, and Wentz, Wentz, I think, is turning around his career. You think so? Mm-hmm. Is it just because of Frank Reich being there and like how he was in 2017 with the Eagles with them over there? I truly believe Frank Reich is turning him around. He is. He had that injury issue to start the season. He was getting hurt a lot. I think he's turning around. He's looking. He's looking good. He's looking like his 2018 self, and I I truly believe they might turn around, but I don't think they're playoff caliber yet. But they have a chance to. So, that's kind of my take on it. Um, but. Where do you think this leaves um, Niners? Huh. You know, it's going to be hard for them to come back and make a playoff push. Because their division is so hard. Yeah, they have like the hardest division. One of. But. The the injuries are just decimating them again. Just like la- last year was the worst I've ever seen for them, and like injuries in general. So, but they look like last night to me. They look like they were definitely missing George Kittle, because Debo Samuel was like the only main target they had. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if Kittle was there, they might have been able to do a little more stuff. But that that's just me though. But even the even the um. The analysts for the game, they even said they looked like they were missing Kittle out there tonight. So, I get that Kittle, hopefully he can have a speedy recovery and come back because that any chances they have to win games is going to be kind of hard when your best player is not out there on the field with you on the offensive side of the ball. When Exactly. Especially when on offense, sometimes offense wins you the game more than defense does. And with a team like that, he they definitely need him out there. But their, their running back, Mitchell, he, he looked like a beast last night, though. I forgot to say that. Mitchell, um, he had, I think, 125 or 150 yards. I forgot to write, I forgot to like write it down, but I <laughs> he was looking like a beast last night. And I remember when the game first started, they had eight plays in the span of, like, what, four minutes? He just killed them the last four, just running the ball and got the touchdown. I'm like, yo, you going to stop this dude or what's going on? So he did look like a beast for that game. That, that... I forgot to mention him, but he looked great. So they might they might have something with him. And you know who else they missed? They were also missing Raheem Mostert too. Not not even just because of like Mostert with who he is, but they were missing him because of his speed factor. Because he's very speedy out there on that field. And when you don't when you don't have your speedster running back to rely on, again going back to like with Kittle, it's gonna be hard when especially one of your fastest players out there on your offensive. Offense is not out there. Exactly. Um. Do you want to go to the next segment? You have anything else to say for that? Or? Uh, not really. No. Then yeah, let's go on to the next segment. So we do the top ten running backs and wide receivers today that we believe all time and our favorites. 
Do you want to start with running backs or wide receivers? Well, running backs because we did that. All right. So my mine's not in like order. None of these lists we do are mine ever going to be in order. I just mine are sometimes, but the running back one is not in order. Your quarterback one was in order. And the quarterback one was in order. So here's mine. Barry Sanders is on my list without a doubt. Um, it just sucks that his career was cut short with the Lions. Um, but Barry Sanders is one of the greatest of all time. He was small, but it's shifty. Um, Walter Payton, gotta give Walter Payton in there. Walter Payton, just his name means is iconic. Is iconic. What he did on the field was iconic. Walter Payton, man of the year. What he did off the field was iconic. Too bad the Bears can't have him now. They need him now. And um, it's it's may he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, it's it was it, um, wish he was still here. But he, for the Bears, he, I don't think no running back in history in their organization will ever be Walter Payton or be better than Walter Payton. His name's always going to be remembered over there. They're never you have three three players in no two people in Chicago that are n- n- iconic and would never be mentioned with anyone's name ever. One is Michael Jordan, and number two is Walter Payton. I thought you were going to say something. Those are the top two. In my eyes, popular names in Chicago that you will ever say. I mean, in ever here. There was a third one I thought you were going to say. Who? Brian Urlacher. Nah. You say those two names? Th- their name runs through Chicago. It's 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 amazing. Chicago it's like Brady Lake, and Fox, bro. You say Tom Brady. Oh, you fall in love. Those two guys made their made a name for Chicago and made Chicago a sports town. They built Chicago. They built Chicago. Um, then my third one is Marcus Allen of the Raiders. He's a Super Bowl MVP. Um, I believe he's also an MVP for the regular season. What he did with the Raiders, he was he was a great running back. He was I I love watching his highlights. I never really got to see him play, but watching his highlights, he was a monster of a running back. So I got to put Allen in there. Another guy I have in there is Marshall Falk, who I think is very underrated, but also overrated. He was a part of the no, um, greatest show on turf for the Rams. I be- He was one of my favorite running backs to watch. Um, just a great running back. Then Terrell Davis from the Broncos. He has three Super Bowls. Monster force in the postseason for the Broncos when they won their Super Bowls. So I got to put TD in there. Then Ladanian Tomlinson, who is also phenomenal, he, um, he doesn't need explanation. He he doesn't need explanation. Number seven, Adrian Peterson also doesn't need an explanation. Before leaving Minnesota, that, there's a Hall of Fame right there. Then I got Frank Gore, who is very underrated, third all time in rushing. Prime Forty Nine er Frank Gore was a beast. Frank Gore is a Hall of Famer in my eyes. He's in my top 10. Number nine. Remember, not in order. Emmett Smith. <laughs> That's where I put him on my list. You got to put Emmett Smith in your top 10 for the Cowboys. As much as I hate Dallas, he, he has to be on. He was a big factor of the dynasty that they had in the 90s. Then, my number 10. I put two people on there because I can't choose one. Le'Veon Bell. Not because he's a st- he was a stealer. I'm taking bias out of it. But he was one of the most dual threat running backs ever. You'll ever see. He was a great pass catcher and a great running back. So, and he was the greatest running back when he was at his peak. 
in the league. Who's your other 10? And my other 10 is Edgar and James, who is a Hall of Famer, who played for the Colts and the Cardinals. He, watching him play was phenomenal. He's a great running back, and he has all my respect. So that's my top 10. My top 10 was Barry, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't have Bo Jackson on that list. Or did you have him on your list? I didn't have him on my list. I, I should have put, put him on my list. I put him on my list. Um, I had LT on there with Damian Tomlinson. Um, I had Eric Dickerson on there, the Rams running back. Mm-hmm. Marcus Allen. Then I had the Browns' greatest running back. They've had Jim Brown. Jim. You know Jim Brown, right? Yep, Jim Brown, legend. You should know this one very well. I should have put him on my list. No, you should know this one very well. The the bus, Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis, indeed the you bus. You should know him. Pittsburgh. Then I had Emmett Smith, and then I had Marshall Falk. Marshall, yeah. Is that all your top ten? Yeah. So now, because you started running backs, I'm going to start the receiver one. Right. So my top ten receivers, and I don't know about you, but mine weren't in order for this either. For receivers. Were okay. in order? Mine was in order, yes. So I have Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Larry Fitzgerald. Really no explanation why any of them need to be on there. Then I had Terrell Owens on there. I had Terrell Owens, and then I had Steve Smith Sr. on there. I had Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron. Then I had Christopher Carter, Chris Carter. And then I put the dynamic duo together, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. And then my last one was Andre Johnson. Not bad. I like that list. Mine, I did 18. I, there's just so many I had to put. Mine are in order, though. Um, I got... Jerry Rice, number one. I think he's the greatest wide receiver of all time. What he did in a running back era. It wasn't even a passing era yet. What he did was phenomenal. I put Jerry Rice in there as all time. Number two of all time on my list is Randy Moss. Um, He was just so good. There's always going to be the debate between Rice and Moss. I'm going to go Rice. It's always Rice. So, right, I got Rice, Moss, then I got Larry Fitzgerald, three. His stats help him out a lot. It was also his longevity. He's but it is also, but it's also him as a player and as a team leader and what he does off the field. He is one of those selfless guys you will ever meet. Larry Fitzgerald's also a consistent player. He's number three on my list, and his stats say it also. Number four. Even though his career was cut short, he was the most gifted wide receiver you will ever see. Is it ever. Is Calvin Johnson. The, he was gifted at everything. The height, the strength, the hands. But the career was cut short due to injuries and the organization he played for. Number five, I got Terrell Owens. Even though he had off-field issues, you couldn't just... His stats... He was very productive. Um, played on a broken leg in the Super Bowl when he was with the Eagles. So that gives you bonus points. He did? Yep. So that gives you bonus points. Number six, I got Chris Carter. Chris Carter, as of when he was on the Vikings, whoo, he was a good dude. Number seven, Micro Irvin. I got to put Irvin in there, um, a part of the dynasty. One of the greatest wide receivers of all time. I'm changing, I'm changing Andre Johnson to him. Okay. I knew someone was sleeping in my mind. Uh, number eight, yeah. I got Marvin Harrison. Should be a Hall of Fame. I think he's in the Hall of Fame. If not, he should be in. Pl- played for the Colts. Amazing guy. Tim Brown is my ninth um, from the Raiders. 
He was a great, great wide receiver. Number 10, Andre Reed of the Bills. Number 11, Heinz Ward of my Steelers. Number 12 is Andre Johnson. 13, Isaac Bruce. 14th, Steve Smith. Number 15, Antonio Brown. Number 16th, Julio Jones. Number 17, if his career wasn't cut short due to a neck injury, he might be in the top 10. And his name is Sterling Sharp. And then number 18, I got Reggie Rain. What happened? Uh, we both forgot to put Tory Holt. 19 would be Tory Holt for me. We forgot about him. But, um, what do you think about it? I was going to ask you, didn't you put down stat? I saw you put, writing stats for some people. Uh, I crossed them off. I crossed them off. It was too much to list. Yeah. Their accomplishments are just endless. So, now we're going to, we're going to the NBA. Now we're shifting to the NBA. So, first thing we're going to talk about is the whole Ben Simmons ordeal that's going on right now. Mm -hmm. With, like, him and, you want to go first or me? I'll go first. Actually, no, no, you go first. So, we're going to throw it back to last week when he... Uh, when he got suspended for one game by Philadelphia for their season opener they had against when they were visiting the New Orleans Pelicans on Wednesday last week. And we all saw he missed the first two weeks of training camp. He asked for a trade because he felt like it. And then he felt like if he didn't show up, it would like influence the decision farther to trade him. And then he showed up to practice on Monday last week with his phone visibly in his pocket when you're supposed to leave it either in the locker room or your vehicle and he wasn't properly dressed. I mean, he has sweats and a hoodie on, but he just showed he didn't want to be there. He was just showing up there to avoid the fines and stuff. And then just yesterday, he showed up. Uh, it was either yesterday or the day before. At some point recently, he showed up to practice, and then he left as soon as it started, complaining of back soreness. And I'm seeing everyone say, why is he complaining about his back hurting when the team is what, when the team carries him? And if anyone should be complaining about the back, it's Embiid because of the time. Not even because he carries a team, but because of, like, the amount of times he's fallen on his back in his young career so far. So, like, I don't, I don't know. They got to do something about Simmons. I don't know what they're going to do. I saw people saying they should have suspended him for longer. But I, I don't know, like, at this point with Simmons anymore. What do you think? My take is I, I have heard – I want to get this out of the way. He is not mentally ready to play. And, um, yeah, he said he's not physically or mentally ready there. Like Mental health is a big thing. I suffer from it. I have it. A lot of people have it. Um, I, I'm not going to say he doesn't have it because I don't know him. I hope this isn't an excuse. To not play? Because it will really discredit all the people that have mental health issues so I really hope he's not lying about it. That, I just want to get that out of the way. But now let me get out of that um, topic. He's acting a child. He's acting like a child. He's acting like a baby. He's acting like a baby that's been carried or been helped through everything in life. AAU, college, and in the NBA still. He, he can't just... Understand that he was the issue the Sixers didn't win in the playoffs. He's the reason why he had the bad games. It's not the Sixers' fault you can't shoot. It's not the Sixers' fault why you're mentally 
can't, don't want to shoot it because you're scared you're going to miss. As an NBA player, or in as an athlete, you work harder to get better every day. Like Kobe Bryant. Always worked hard every single day to get better. Still practicing when he was retired. I don't think Ben Simmons puts in the work. And I think we're seeing why. What happens when you don't put in the work. He's not. He's not. He's just. I, he believe, I believe he's becoming a distraction to the Sixers. And I think, I think the Sixers got to get him out. Because the more he keeps his on is the more it's going to ruin the game and the chemistry between Embiid and all the other players. I, I truly believe Ben Simmons has to understand he it's uh, it's on him. You gotta take accountability. You have to understand. Okay, I'm at fault. I gotta understand. I'm the reason why we kept losing. Yeah, I'm said. the reason why I'm not being successful, and I shouldn't have. I shouldn't blame it on the Sixers because it, the Sixers have nothing to do with this. They drafted you because they un, they wanted you to play and be successful. The fact that you're not shooting and you're just not wanting to sh- play is an issue with me. Or even show up for practice or training. And yeah. showing up to pra- the showing up to practice with the phone is an even bigger issue for me. You're an athlete, you're this is your job. Being an athlete and having a 9 to 5 job does not make you any different than anyone else. Doesn't. You don't get to just show up with the phone in your pocket and act like you don't care. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Put your phone away. If you're not happy being there, don't show up. Don't just half-ass it. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to have my phone in the pocket just so I can make a point. You sit out and make a point that way. I'm fine if you do that. But you showing up and having a phone visible and you acting like you're not ready pisses me off. Because it went from you wanting a trade to you not wanting to come. Then you show up to practice with the phone issue. Then you get suspended. Then you say you're not mentally ready. Then you're saying it's a back issue. So what the fuck is it? So, like, like what, what the fuck is it? Because now you're giving us every week it's something new. I don't want to say it's not. He's lying about the mental health because I suffer through it. I understand if he is actually. That's, but I hope he's not lying about it. But now it's becoming there's excuses after excuses after excuses. And I want to know the real issue. If you're not happy, don't come and sit and play. Don't even make your name known in Philly. Don't even talk. Let them do their thing. And then they'll trade you because you're not playing. But don't just be coming and making your name and then say, oh, this is why I'm not playing. But then this is why I'm not playing. Because then... Your story is shifting and then, no one knows, the and then no one knows what the fuck is going on because no one knows if you're telling the truth or not. Because you went from mental health to the back issue. What is it going to be next? Your ankle? It's going to be your freaking personal life with like family? Like, which I hope doesn't happen because I'm not a mean guy. But it, the story can't keep sh- sh- changing. It can't. So it's either you shut up and you play. And you show and you show them that you're the reason at fault that you lost in Atlanta because it's no one else's fault, or you sit out and you shut up and you get traded. Figure it out, but don't keep doing this because Philly is a city you don't fuck with. They demand so much from their sports teams, and that's why they're one of the hardest but best fans in the world because they pay their hard-earned money and they expect to get that in return, and they expect you to come out there and work hard every day. You playing, Embiid even knows. 
When you're in Philly, you play and you got to try and be bet, be the best. They don't, they don't, there's so many greats. Allen Iverson, so many greats have played in Philly. They, they would not put up with this. Well, Chamberlain played for them. They, they would not put up with you being babied or you being expected to be babied. Unacceptable. And this is what one thing is. Doc Rivers is one of the most, I'm trying to think of the word. Best, one of the greatest dudes of all time you would meet. Taking basketball out of it, you ask him if you're dealing with mental health, ask him, talk to him. He would take the basketball side out of it and he would talk to you man to man and he will help you. That's the type of guy Doc Rivers is. But if you're going to do this, then there's an, and you're, there's an issue because you have one of the g- good coaches that will take the basketball side out of it and help you as a person. But if you're gonna do this, I hope he I don't I hope he doesn't help Ben Simmons because clearly Ben Simmons is is being a child and I don't like this. I know, so figure it out or don't play at all. I know. Last week you said maybe Embiid needs to sit down with Simmons and like talk if, to him. Embiid, you're the captain. You're the star player of this team. Either you sit him down and you say I need you, or don't show up because you can't have guys on this team expecting that. Oh, if I'm too good, I can do what Ben Simmons is doing. You can't let that destroy the culture. When the Sixers were terrible before they got Embiid, they couldn't win a fucking game. They got Embiid and Ben Simmons, and they're starting to win, and they're one of the best teams in the East. This is gonna this is gonna tear them down if if it keeps happening. So if I'm Embiid, you you figure it out and you tell Embiid. I mean, you tell Simmons, shut the fuck up and play, or don't come to Philly. End of statement. Because they're they're supposed to be the leaders of the team. And it can't be the rest of the team is, like, playing their heart out on the floor and actually trying and, like, to put the work in and stuff. And then there's just one person who's supposed to be a leader and he's doing all this crap. So, I mean, I don't really know what to say any further. What do you think about, um, do you want to talk about the whole Kyrie thing? We could go into Kyrie. Uh, Um... Before we do that, let's talk about our top five teams from each conference. So okay. for for me, for the Eastern Conference, my top five teams coming out of that conference are the Hawks. Th- these aren't in order. These are just the f- like five best, in my opinion. I have the Atlanta Hawks, the Milwaukee Bucks, for obvious reasons. They just won a championship, so why would they not be on the list? Despite all of that Ben Simmons controversy, I have the Philadelphia 76ers on here. Mm-hmm. And... I have. I wasn't trying to do this to be biased because I'm a Knicks fan, but I put us as one of the top five teams just because we finished in the top five last season. We were in fourth with a 41 and 31 record, and then despite all the Kyrie controversy, I have the Brooklyn Nets as my one my last top five team in the Eastern Conference. What about the Western? Western Conference, I have the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the Utah Jazz, the Denver Nuggets, and the Portland Trail Blazers. As my top five teams in the West. My top five in the Eastern, I got the Bulls, who are undefeated. And they're looking good with Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Vucevic, and um, Alex Caruso. The Bills are going to make some noise this year, and they might make the playoffs. Yeah, the Bulls. Then I got the Hornets, who beat the Nets. The Hornets. The Hornets. They're undefeated. They beat the Nets. That gives you points. Then I got the Knicks at three. They're they're a very good team, like you said. Then I got the Bucks, and then the 76ers. 
Those are my top five teams in the Eastern. In the Western, though, I got the Warriors at number one. They're three and zero. Just yours are in order. Yep. And just wait for Clay Thompson to come back if they're already three and zero. That'll help give them some extra help. Then I got the Jazz, Denver, and then I got the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies would be three and zero if they if John Morant didn't miss that free throw. Just pointing that out there. And then for the fifth, I got the Suns. I I believe the Suns will turn this one and two record around. And they will start coming back and making noise. So that's my top five team. So do you want to talk about the Nets and their Kyrie Irving issue? Or do you want to talk about the Lakers and not having their shit together first? It's up to you. Um, we'll talk about Kyrie first. So you go first because you were saying a lot last time. Um, Remember, it's about him not wanting to get the shots or whatever. But it's a... Or do you want me to go first so you could gather your thoughts? You go first. So, like, I under... Like... Apparently, it's against, like, Kyrie's religious beliefs to get the shots, but if you look at it, um, even Adam Silver said it, it's not an issue involving the NBA, it's a New York City issue, and them making it mandatory that no matter who you are, athlete or just a regular civilian or citizen, you gotta get your shots, and even though it's against his religious belief, it's harming the team right now, the Nets are struggling, hard... Harden and Kevin Durant, yeah, they could do a lot. They're ball-dominant players, and they're going to get their stats. But the point of you guys having that super team was for all three of you to play as a unit and carry, I guess you could say, some of the younger talent and some of the veterans you have on the team to try to help them win a championship. And Harden is the only one out of the two of those big three that doesn't have at least one championship. So by him not wanting to get his shots and refusing to play to the point where he got punished to where he can't play in any of the home games they have because now it's back to 82 games. I'm not. They haven't said yet whether they have the play-in tournament this year, but they said they're back to the regular 82-game schedule. So now you're harming your team because you're not playing with them in any of the 41 games and you play two away games versus, my, versus the Knicks this year. You're not able to participate in those. You're harming the team because now... Any chemistry you had with everyone, you're messing up the system and the chemistry, and now the Nets are not doing too good at the moment. They're struggling. They got blown out by Milwaukee, although you can understand that. They just won the championship. The atmosphere was high because they had their banner raised in their ring ceremony, but that's besides the point. They're they're just struggling without Kyrie, and I don't know like how they're going to go about doing it or what he's going to do to try to help the team, but the fact that I saw a rumor he said he might retire because they don't want to offer him that contract extension but he doesn't want to get traded either. So, like, I, I just don't know. What do you want? What do you think? So, we all know it's about the shot. I'm vaccinated. You're not. I am not vaccinated. I don't have any of my shots. I have my corona It shot. is not because of where what I believe in political beliefs. Nothing against that. It is nothing about that. For you personally? Personally. It is about, do I trust it yet or not? Maybe in the future, I will get it. But here's the thing. You still get vaccinated. You still have a good shot at getting the vac, at getting the COVID. At getting COVID. So, you could be vaccinated or not. But the the only difference is you you can get priorities and stuff if you have the vaccine. Like not having to wear a mask and stuff. But here, here's the problem that I have. I under, I give him credit. If it's a religious belief, you shouldn't be getting forced to do a shot. You should understand if it's a religious belief, people have their religion. You got to respect it. But it's not the NBA that's doing this. 
the NBA were understanding if it's a religious belief, I'm sure they Adam Silver would be like, go play. Because they're not going to say, oh, your religious belief isn't anything more than the NBA. I don't think they'll do that. But it's a state issue. The New York State it's mandated, mandated it. It's not the NBA. It's not the Nets. It's not the Knicks. It's the New York government. He has to, I hope he understands it because they could care less about the, the, as you as a player. Who, the government? Yeah, they could care less. They want to make sure their players are, I mean, their um, people are safe. They want to make sure their state is all right and not getting sick and sick and sick. So, I, I if he's comfortable with not playing home games, all right, Nets, go figure out who's going to fill that position for the home games. But if it's really going to affect you in your whole contract and you're going to keep being a distraction a little bit, trade him. The Nets might have to trade you because they want guys to play at home and play all the games and play and win championships. Unless they're actually hurt. They don't want someone just sitting around. But I understand if it's a COVID vaccine that you don't want to take. I, I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm not vaccine vaccinated. I'm a knock on wood. I have yet to get COVID. So it's I'm in a hard time because you shouldn't be getting forced to do something. But also, he's in a hard time because he his job is on the line for it. So that's kind of my take on that one. And he's a superstar player, so... Mm-hmm. And he's a champion already. I guess, like, I don't really know. His resume is already good. He's good. You think he's a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. So now, because I know you had a lot to say about this, we're going to move over to the Western Conference and talk about the Los Angeles Lakers and not having their shit together. Mm-hmm. And you go first. They're lucky they're, they're not... They didn't lose last night to the Grizzlies thanks to a free throw by John Morant. I told you when I... I mean, it would have only tied the game, though. True. I'm, I'm telling you right now, this team ain't winning no damn championship. <laughs> I said this when they got the... When they traded for Russell Westbrook, I said this already. Yeah, they could build a super team with superstars all around, with Hall of Famers. Yeah, they could do that. But it ain't gonna work if there's no chemistry. You already have Howard and Davis fighting on the bench. You got... Russell Westbrook still playing how he usually plays. Getting his numbers but shooting atrociously. Like, you got to figure out how to turn this around. Because right now, this isn't a team. This is a group of Hall of Famers that are just trying to get the ball and shoot. The guy, I think the only way the Lakers are successful is if AD gets the ball 80% of the time and he goes to work. But if you're going to have LeBron getting it 40%, then you get AD getting it 20, and Russell Westbrook getting it 20, and then that's it. That You ain't winning. You ain't winning no, nothing. Because Westbrook, even though he can deny it, wants his numbers. Because he wants to get paid. He wants, he, wants, he wants to have his name be known. It's hard to play with Westbrook. Durant did it. Durant couldn't get anywhere with it. Harden did it. Couldn't get anywhere with it. Paul George couldn't get at it. Kawhi didn't want to play with Russell. 
I feel like they should have gotten a different point guard than Russell Westbrook. But if they lose, if they are not good, it's because the culture is not there. They're they're just scattered around. You can't be having fights on the bench. One, that's a distraction. We did that when the Warriors, when KD and Draymond did it. That was a distraction. That also played in the factor of KD leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn. You can't have guys fighting each other on the bench. Like, this team right now... This soon in the season. And this soon? And going win this in preseason? It's nothing but downhill for the Lakers recently. And I, I think it'll continue. I mean, at least, at least for Carmelo Anthony, he just hit ninth all time for scoring. I guess. That, that is... That you gotta give Melo that. He is he is one of, the, one of my all time. He is one of the greats. Um, what he did in New York, amazing. What he did in Denver, amazing. Um, so give him take Melo out of this. Melo has nothing to do with this. I'll give Melo the exception to not be regarded into this because he and Rondo. He's, LeBron's the one that built this team. LeBron's gonna get. He's he's in this. He ain't getting he ain't getting no easy way out of this. He's a part of this. You never liked LeBron anyway. I never liked LeBron either. So that's Probably my never take. Will. So I, don't, I don't know. The the Lakers are just struggling. To me right now, they just look like a dysfunctional team. Mm-hmm. That, That's what I was looking for. What, dysfunctional? Yep. They, they just look like a dysfunctional team that really should, I don't know, they probably need to have longer practices than usual to get the chemistry going, but I really don't know how you can contain the fighting that was going on on the bench. I don't really know what you can do to prevent that from happening, but, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they... Need to have a lot of one-on-one sessions or, like, have guards practice with guards and, like, so on for every position. Because I really don't – I don't know what they can do. I just know that they're a dysfunctional team and they're struggling. And right now, as you said last week, it look, it looks like they should have tried to get a different point guard instead of Westbrook. Like, maybe trying to get Zoe back or – No, they ain't getting Zoe back. Else. They ain't getting Zoe back. I don't, I don't know, like, what they could do. I just know that they're dysfunctional, so – like, but how do you think they could resolve the fighting problem or like issue that took place? LeBron, you gotta sit him down. You're so called the captain. You're the one that built this team. Be a captain. Sit him down. You ha- like take accountability because, like, I he was, when they were playing the Suns, he was chirping at Cameron Payne. You don't get to chirp, LeBron. You got they beat you in the playoffs last year to send you home. For the so, first time in your career. So you round. can't say and talk shit. Your team is not good either. So your team is just as shit as Phoenix is starting off this season. You got to figure out and make sure everyone's not ego is high. Egotistical. Egotistical. And you got to sit him down. If you're LeBron. Yes, because you got to take action. Because this team is so dysfunctional, like you said. it. What about the coaching? I don't think coaching is a problem. I think Frank Vogel is doing what he can. It's the players. You Like I said, you can't have people fighting each other on the bench. So soon in a season. You're, what, four games in? If even that. If that? You shouldn't be fighting your teammate. I think it was like two games in for them when that happened. Like, what are you fighting about? <laughs> so, it's, it's an issue for the Lakers. And people always say that, but that's the thing about sports. No matter what sport it is, you can't just straight up try to blame the coaching staff for everything wrong that's happening. The players, they're getting paid to do what they got drafted to do or like what they've grown up doing. So they got to act more professional. And I, I will say this. The Lakers are probably going to be missing. This year we'll show that they are going to miss Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso. 
so much because those what two guys. Contavious Caldwell Pope. Eh, those these two guys are helping the Bulls out so much, and that's why the Bulls are being successful and the Lakers aren't because the Lakers decided I'm gonna get rid of him and him so I could get Hall of Famer and Hall of Famer and expect that to work out on on the court when on paper yeah it looks like looks like an 82 and 0 team. But on, on the like court, that. you look like in your your high school team. You got to figure that out. So, I mean, I don't really know what the Lakers are. You think they're not even playoff bound? Do you think they're uh, right now? No, they're not even playoff bound. Um, let's go to the Warriors. Three and zero off to a hot start, and they don't even have Clay Thompson yet. How far do you think this lasts? And do you think they're um, NBA championship contenders? I think if they if they're still doing good when Clay comes back, they probably are. But like it's still early in the season, so anything could happen. Like they're starting off hot, but they might just randomly go on a cold streak and start losing to teams that they should be beating, and then beating teams they should be losing to. So mm. it's still early in the season. But if they if they play like they're playing right now, and then Christmas Day comes, which is when Clay Thompson, or as I call him, Clay Day, is rumored to come back. Then they're they're probably gonna be in the championship or get very close to it. I I agree with you 100. percent They're three and all. They're looking amazing, and they don't have Clay Thompson yet. Imagine if Clay Thompson's back. This Warriors team is my favorite to win the Western. All they have right now is Curry. Right now, they're still my pick to win the Western, even without Clay Thompson. Right now, this team looks dangerous, and right now they're my pick to win the Western Conference. And Draymond's come and go. If Draymond can hit his threes like he did in his early in his career, it's a wrap. Wrestling conferences the Warriors all all day. Even over the Suns and stuff? 100%. 100%. (laughs) But the NBA Top 75 team came out. Kyrie and Klay both missed it. I I disagree. I think Klay should be on it. He's one of the greatest shooting guards and greatest shooters of all time. He should be on this list. However, Kyrie... You wrote the whole list. No. However, I don't think Kyrie should be on the list He after one shot. Even he's been so just, dysfunctional. Even though you just said he's a Hall of Famer. Though. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. But I don't think he's, he's as good as we make him out to be. He had one shot and one clutch time. Yeah, he's great at ball handling. Congrats. How come you're so, your team is so dysfunctional when, wherever you go? Boston, Cleveland, and now Brooklyn. Nothing but dysfunction and especially and, Boston. And everything is coming and distractions is coming your way with Kyrie. So that's an issue. But for Clay, ooh, he's one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen. He should be on this list. That's just my take. He's not yeah, I don't think Clay Minus these last two seasons, was ever really injured in his career before no. these last two years. He's just got he just got unlucky with the ACL, then the Achilles. He just got unlucky with it, which is unfortunate. I mean, it, it happens at some point. I don't think I've ever seen. I, no one's ever came back from it from sitting out two years due to an ACL and Achilles injury. If he does it and he on fire. Plus, I don't. I don't Jeez, think I've ever. Se- I don't think I've ever seen any sport where there's a player that goes his whole career without getting hurt. Like every player gets hurt at some. point. Exactly, everyone gets hurt at some point. No matter what sport. Unfortunately, it is. yeah. No so. matter what sport. So I'm. Like I would have. Le- I'm trying to see if I can finally see someone who doesn't get hurt in their whole career, but everyone's getting hurt. 
people exactly. thought people thought LeBron would never get hurt. He's gotten hurt. So I don't know. So it's a long NFL season and a long NBA season. So we'll just have to see where teams go from here. Exactly. Um we're trying to figure out how to go video wise with the podcast. Trying to figure out so you can see us. We're trying to get a studio. We tried YouTube. We're trying to get a studio and everything. Um we're figuring it out, but for right now we're on here. Um bear with us. But we're gonna get better each and every time. That's all I have for today. Do you have anything? No, that's it. That's all I got. We might be at we're we're looking to add. I'll say that from my end. We're looking to add another person. Um so just reach out. I'm AJ. I'm Beast One. Peace.